0: Today's guest, Richard Kaufman, is what I would consider a connector. This man is so good at connecting people together. I've seen him do it time in and time out, and I can't wait for us to get into his interview right here on the Manlyhood Mancast. Warning
1: applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. Today's guest is a veteran. He is a man that has conquered hard and difficult things. His life had fallen apart, but he came back from it. We're going to hear from Richard Kaufman right after this.
1: Richard, it's great to have you on the show, brother. I've really appreciated uh, our interactions over the past few months.
2: It's uh, such a great thing to be in your circle. And, I, and I, I really love your group. I get so much out of it every day and it's helping me become a better man. So thank you for having that group, especially.
1: Well, no problem. I'm really excited to be able to do it. Honestly, of all the things I do, I think it's one of the most important things I do. And so it, it, uh, it's something I try to give a little extra attention and uh, thought to as well. So, cause I, I do believe that uh, helping men be better than they are is important, you know, and that doesn't mean that I think that men are bad. It just, I know that we all have struggles and we all need to level up and we need that brotherhood. And so I thought, Hey, let's create a place where we can do that. And that's where that came from. So I, I, we appreciate your insights in the group as well. And, uh, and the stuff that you're doing with your podcast and, and, uh, and, and your work as well. It's awesome. And I, and I really appreciate what you're doing. It's, It's good work, man.
2: Hey, we got it. You know, we got it pay it forward. You know, I've been blessed so many times in my life. So now I, the rest of my life, I'm just paying it forward. That's awesome. So one of the things
1: that I know that we've talked about before, and I would love to be able to tell our listeners about, I think you've got a really compelling story of kind of how you got from one kind of guy to the guy that you are today. And I think. um I think our listeners would like to hear that. Do you think you could you could tell us your story?
2: Yeah, I can. Um, if you guys do, don't know me, my name is Richard Kaufman, also known as The Comeback Coach. Um, the guy you see before you is not the guy that I was uh, 40, 30, 40 years ago. I was the complete opposite of the man that I am today. Uh, before, everything was about me. Everything was about what I can get from others, um, how I can get over, uh, because I grew up very poor, grew up in an addicted household, so I thought the world owed me something, and I lived that way, you know, up until the morning of September 11th, 2001, is when my whole my whole life changed. Um, but um, I also have came back from a lot. From uh, from drug addiction, from alcoholism, homelessness, uh, PTSD, uh, blindness. If you guys can see me, I can't see you because I got to use my Mister Magoo magnifying glass. So, uh, but I've had to come back from all that stuff. And in the meantime, you know, I I've had a lot of people that were mentors in my life. If I would have just listened. But now as I get older and they're all gone, um, I I hear their words more and more. So I just try to be the best man that I can be today. Uh, I know I can't change tomorrow. Um, I I can't do anything about, uh, I can't change the past. But I can change the future by the things that I do today. Um, And I try to live in the present as much as I can. So you know, uh, retired retired military, twenty three years in the military, would have done thirty if I didn't get hurt. Um, and now I got out, I got medically discharged, and I have my own. I'm a public speaker, podcaster, podcast guest, and I try to be the all around good guy. So that's a little bit about me. What
1: what led up to that moment on September 11th for you? I know that you mentioned that was kind of a uh, a crux in and everything for you what what led up to that
2: well a little backstory um, where we're sitting right now if i go sit on my front porch i'm overlooking where the twin towers once stood um and i actually i went last week and i took a walk down and i actually got to touch one of the beams from uh, tower two and uh and um i we all knew people that were in the towers that day and i was in the south carolina national guard at the time. And I was, I was due to be thrown out of the military for a second time on the end of September of 2001. But um, after everything that unfurled and I'm watching, you know, as the whole world is watching, you know, I'm watching him with it. But I also know that there's people that we all know personally that are not coming home. And I got really emotional. And, you know, in the Bible, it says, you know, um, sometimes, sometimes, you can't really get in touch with the Lord until you become a broken man. And at that moment I became broken and I actually crumbled into my crap, my couch and I cried and sobbed. And I said, you know, I asked the Lord, I said, you know, give me a sixth chance. Cause I, you know, I've had so many chances in my life. I said, give me another chance at military career if I still have one. And I want to dedicate the rest of my career and my life to helping people that couldn't help themselves like they couldn't on nine eleven and uh thank god they kept me um and I finished with uh, over 23 years in the national guard and regular army but that day, you know I went I went to bed a different person than the person that I woke up as you know like I was getting ready to go to work at gnc um it was all about me you know I, I had the attitude I got the car I got the house I got the girl you know I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm smart ass punk and I woke up I went to bed that night and my whole life just changed. Everything changed in that split second. Um, And I think, you know, you know, just like my shirt says, you know, I had my own mental health summit on on April 3rd last year. It's called Today I Decide because if a person's out there that's struggling, you don't have to be the same person that you woke up as when you go to bed tonight. You can decide to change. And sometimes, you know, you have to reach out to men like yourself and, you know, men in a group or, or, you know, or just reach out in prayer, reach out to God say, listen, uh, I can't do it anymore. I need your help. And that's, you know, and I, instead of showing a sign of weakness, I think that shows more of a sign of strength asking for help. It's, you know, cause like I, I've been in, I've been sober now. I just celebrated 33 years, but the hardest thing is they say the hardest, the heaviest thing to pick up sometime is the telephone. So, you know, if anybody's out there that's listening to this, uh, if you're struggling with anything, just reach out for help, you know, especially for me, you know, you, you know, we would rather hear your BS than your eulogy. So, you know, reach out if you're struggling with something and get help and don't become a statistic. And that's what I did that day. I reached out to God and said, "Ah, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. And he, you know, thank God I'm still a work in progress, obviously, but, uh, that's, that's where everything started to change for me that moment. Would you say
1: that that moment before that was your rock bottom or did you hit lower than that?
2: Uh, as things were coming together, um, I hit rock, my, one of my rock bottom, I've hit plenty of rock bottoms. I mean, I was thrown out of the military for being a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, I got thrown out of my house for being a drug addict and alcoholic because you know my parents were my mom got sober got clean and and um, her my my stepdad which is my dad now i consider him um you know he got up at five o'clock in the morning and worked two jobs and here i am laying on the couch all day getting drunk so of course you know booted me out <laughs> so that was a rock bottom um I guess I'm the only person you're ever going to have on your show that's actually been thrown out of a crack house. That's how bad my attitude was. And then uh, one, my main rock bottom was um, I got a bartending job, and the guy that offered me the job was a police officer. But uh, it was on uh, 19, New Year's Eve 1989, and he paid me to come down and bartend at his bar And, you know, everything's going great. You know, drinks are going, everything's smooth. And eight hours later, I wake up to him at the door and five of his buddies knocking on my door, uh, coming to arrest me because I robbed the place. I gave away like $2,000 worth of free drinks. I had like five grand in my pocket. And um, now, for some reason, I've always had people in my life that have stood in the gap for me. And for some reason, the same guy that I robbed, gave me a break. He said, listen, you're 20 years old. You know, If you go to uh, prison in New Jersey, you're going to be somebody's girlfriend. So he said, I'm going to give you a break, come up with my money in 24 hours, which I did. I begged, borrowed from my parents and paid them back. And he said, but you got to go to 90 meetings in AA in 90 days. And I hit something like 300 meetings in a row. And I haven't had a drink since that day. But that was my probably my bottom, you know, because I can remember going to my first AA meeting. Here I am, 20 years old, you know, still drunk, sitting in a church eating nasty cookies and stale coffee, sitting around a bunch of old guys and realizing I can't hang out with my friends anymore because they all drink, they all party. So that that was probably that was one of my 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 weakest points. That was pretty low, you know. And having to face my parents knowing I robbed somebody, that's pretty embarrassing when the cops come knocking on their door at like 8 in the morning on a New Year's Day. So
1: you were able to make it right with him and, and move forward.
2: Yeah. And I, wish, you- I wish I would have known who, I wish I would have remembered who he is today because I would hug him, I would kiss him, I would take him out for dinner because, you know, he pretty much saved my life. Because I, if I kept drinking, I think, I never planned on living past the age of 25 so I, I don't think if i would have quit drinking i don't think i would I, i'd be where i am today you then went on
1: with your career in the military was this before or i, I think you got you got a second chance with the military
2: as well right? yeah, i rejoined the military which is really really rare because nobody ever gets thrown out and gets back in but um that same day that i got arrested um my uncle and my aunt like i said they came and helped bail me out my uncle made a snide remark he said uh you know I never knew you would make it make a career out of it you're not a military man and it just stuck in me. It just bothered me. I couldn't sleep at night for months. I'm like, all right, I got I got what I got to do, what I got to do to get back in. And I had to get letters written from like congressmen and from people that we knew, but eventually I I did get back in and joined the uh, Pennsylvania National Guard. You know, it's
1: funny cuz we think of mentorship and we think of like kindness and when people say nice things to you, you know, maybe a little bit of challenge, but sometimes, sometimes it's good to hear that harsh word. Cause you need to hear it. Even if you don't want to hear it,
2: like, like that probably hurt when he said that. Oh, it destroyed me. And, um, but the thing is, you know, that same man, you know, he only had like a fifth grade education and but retired as a multimillionaire. so when he said something, it kind of it was like Moses on high, you know. Like, great, but you get somebody like that that says something like that, and he did, and he kind of meant it as like it, 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 I guess, it was like an off comment, you know, it just he really didn't think of what he said, I think, but it, it and he actually, um he was very proud of me that I got back in and I, and I, and I turned my life around before he passed.
1: You continued your career in the military and then you had,
2: uh, what, what kind of, what was your experience like there? Oh, well, well, like you said I got back in the military. Um, I still had an attitude problem. Um, and I, uh, and I still got in trouble. I just wasn't drinking, but I still had an attitude problem. Um, missing drills, you know, showing up looking like a dirt bag, hair long, not shaving, anything like that. So, you know, that's when they were due to throw me out um, of the South Carolina National Guard on September, the end of September. Now, when I got there, you know, obviously, uh, if you move from New Jersey to South Carolina, you're known as a Yankee. (laughs) And, you know, and you look there you're they just look at you differently and then when you have a bad attitude it kind of makes it even worse because then you know everybody doesn't want to be around you because you're a loudmouth punk from New Jersey. So I, I didn't ingratiate myself with um with the with the soldiers there. But you know after on September uh twelfth I went and you know, I asked my company I, for a meeting with my company commander, my first sergeant. And, you know, they heard all my BS before because I've been busted so many times, but they said they seen something different in me. And, uh, I begged them to keep me and, you know, thank God they did. But then I woke up, you know, we had drill the next weekend and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do different? You know, I don't want to be that guy anymore. So what I did is I got to drill like two hours early and I just stood in a corner and watched what all the successful people were doing. And, and that's when I started changing, you know, I got was, I got busted all the way down to E1 again. So instead of hanging out with the people in my rank, I would start following, I was more of a pain in the ass than anything, people that were five or six ranks ahead of me, following what they're doing. You know, they get there two hours early. I'm going to get there two and a half hours late, early. They stay two hours late. I'm going to stay late with them. So, and and that's, and I just started to hang with the winners. And I think, you know, then eventually I got promoted and I became a a non-commissioned officer. And I... (laughs) One soldier of the year. So then my life, you know, and then I started becoming a man. And you know, putting having as they say in the Bible, sometimes you, know, you got to put your boyish ways away. You know, so uh, that's that's when it all really started. But for me it was on September twelfth, two thousand one. Then somewhere along the line, you had an accident, right? Yeah, I moved to New Jersey because uh, me and my now when. <laughs> my wife is the greatest thing you know since sliced bread she's my everything she's my rock my world my bride but she knew me when i was that drunk 14 year old and uh and then we eventually got together 30 years later and now we're married and have three beautiful children but so she knew the worst of me but she always knew that there was a softer side to me So we got together again through Facebook and uh, I moved to New Jersey and uh, to get together and get married. And my first annual training with my new, my new unit, we were driving down for training and one of our vehicles broke down. So I had to get out, get, get out to pull off on the highway back him off the highway so he doesn't get hit. And instead of him, I was backing him up. And instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas, ran over my whole right side of my body, ran over my head. And that's why I'm blind uh, till today. I had I had an ocular stroke. And um, so that's when I had the accident. And unfortunately, in the military, if you can't see, you can't shoot. So they, they really don't need you. So they, they put me in something now they call it the warrior transition unit for a year and a half. And uh, I knew my, uh, my career was coming to an end. Uh, I just didn't know what, what day it was. And it happened to come to an end on um, Memorial day of 2012. And um, that was right after they took my ID and said, you're no longer a member of the United States military is when I, uh, attempted suicide. Um, because you know, for my, the whole, the rest of my career from 2012, 2011 on, I did everything I could to become the super soldier. I did everything I could to become the best man, um, the best person I can be. And the best, the best Sergeant Kaufman I can be. And then that, for them to tell me, uh, you're no longer Sergeant Kaufman. And I didn't know who I was. And it scared me. And I broke down and cried in my new truck. And that was at that moment when I decided I was going to end my life. And that was Memorial Day 2012. I'm glad you didn't,
1: for one thing. Glad you didn't. What, what was that like for you? What was that experience like for you?
2: Uh, this is, uh, if I get emotional, uh, I apologize. Nope. You don't need to apologize. I just want people that I, you know, out there to know that there's people like me that this that is happening to every day. You know, uh, we're losing 35 first responders a day to suicide every day. But, um, I, uh, I had a brand new truck. I always wanted a Dodge Ram. You know, as I was like, bought a brand new Dodge Ram. Um, I like, can, you know, I was only see out a one eye back then. So I could still drive. And, uh, I called my wife and, uh, uh, I wanted to hear her voice one more time because I knew that I was never going to talk to her again. And, uh, told her what happened. And, uh, we were supposed to meet, I was supposed to meet her and the kids at the shore. We were going to hang out um, at the beach. I, I, my daughter was nine months old at this time. And uh, so I called her and said, I'm on my way. Now, my plan was, you know, like Mike, Mike Tyson says, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Uh, my plan was I, I was going to get in the truck, you know, on, on, in New Jersey, there nothing but concrete barriers all the way down the highways. And I was going to hit hundred miles an hour, um, hit cruise control, turn on the radio and eventually go off the road and, and uh, hit, hit into a pylon. So I get in the truck, call the wife, you know, tell her I'm on my way and uh, just to hear her voice one last time. And I got, got the truck up to hundred miles an hour, put it on cruise control, Turned up the radio, shut my eyes, and I can feel the truck starting to move. And it it's starting to move and starting to move. And I'm just waiting for it to go off the road. And uh, a song called uh, I Saw God Today it came on. And uh, I think it was by Clint Black, I think. I think. Um, and it talks about a father seen his newborn baby girl for the first time. And I snapped up see my daughter's face in my eyes, jerked the wheel and uh got it back down below 100. And, and that's the moment that I decided I want to be a daddy. I want to be a husband. So I call my wife uh now, by the way, I've done hundreds of interviews. My wife still doesn't know how close I came to committing suicide that day, and her losing her husband and father, three children. But I got, I got to her. I said, "Honey, I said, I need help. I can't take it. I'm going to eat my gun." And she said, "No, call the VA Monday, and uh, we're going to get you for help." So I called the VA. Got an appointment scheduled to my therapist, which I've been seeing now for almost 12 years. So I called my wife. And I'm like, honey, you're not going to believe this. She's like, did everything go okay? I'm like, everything went great. And I said, you're not going to guess who my doctor is. And she said, who? I said, her name is Dr. Seuss. It's just spelled a different way. It's S-O-O-S. She's like, only you can have a therapist named Dr. Seuss. But I... <laughs> but I've been going to her for the last 12 years and it's been my, it's been life changing. So guys, if you're listening, don't ever feel bad for reaching out and getting help. It can only help. And there's no shame in having a therapist. And I, like I said, I've been seeing the same person for 12 years. So that's when you know my life started changing to, you know, cause biggest biggest thing is you know when guys get out of the, or girls get out of the military or you know even police when they when they retire you know they lose the camaraderie you know they they lose they like me I was my career was over what do I do now and I didn't have a mission and uh that's when right after that is when I got to sit down and BS with Gary Vaynerchuk also known as Gary V and that's how he's the one that started the whole comeback coach. So it's all his fault. And then that's how this whole thing of helping other people and giving back and trying to pay it forward every day and standing in the gap for somebody like people have stood in the gap for me. Then later at the end, I'll tell you the story about why I have to wear a hat on every show. else I will not appear on the show. And it's not because I'm bald either. So,
1: (laughs) you know, I know that story is emotional to tell, and I want to applaud you for sharing it anyway, because I know that a lot of guys that I've been connected with over the years have been in that position. I was in that position when I was a young boy. I know a lot of people of all ages have struggled with that very thought. And, you know, I think the honest truth is you have a purpose. You're here for a reason. You have a job to do. There are people that are counting on you. And. You know, praise God that he got your attention through a song on the radio, you know, yeah. and 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 praise God that your wife was listening enough to say, hey, it's OK, let's get some help, you know, yeah. and and I'm, I'm thankful for that, you know, because I know that no matter where you're at, no matter how hard it is, there's always hope, you know, it can turn around.
2: Yeah, and that's why, you know, today I decided are the, th- the three most important words in the English language because once you make a decision, then all you have to do is act upon it. You know, the reason why, if you ever, everybody I know has ran over a squirrel, right? And the reason most squirrels get ran over is because they can't make a decision. If they would just make the decision to go right and stay right or go left and stay left, they wouldn't get ran over. But it was because the indecision that kills most of, the, most of the squirrels. So that's why I say that, you know, the three most important words in the English language are today I decide. Because you can decide anything. You can change a habit in 24 hours as long as you make that decision that you want to change. The real
1: question, though, is if you and your wife go out to dinner and you say, where do you want to go, honey? She says, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Does the cycle stay or do you
2: decide? Because I know my wife. <laughs> I know, I know it. So if she gives me one of those and then be like all right, yeah, we're going to go to your favorite place for dinner. And <laughs> there you go. The cuz you know for me it's like you know I I did a video this morning cuz I do my cardio, I walk every day and I listen to a lot of audible books. I just take a lot of courses. And you know they were talking about that you know don't sweat the small stuff. And most of his stuff is all small stuff. You know, like I'm going to visit my dad in two weeks, and he's uh, dying of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And he tells me, enjoy every day that you have. Be present in every day. And other stuff, all right, you know, there is stuff, stuff is important. Paying bills, food, all that stuff. But a lot of the stuff that we get stressed up, stressed and wrapped around in actual, five years from now, it's not even going to matter. So, you know, try not to sweat all sweat the sweat small stuff because pretty much it's all small stuff until it gets to the big stuff.
1: Let's ask this question about the hat then. What's the deal with the hat? Why you got to wear a hat in every interview? All right.
2: Now, I, I've actually been interviewed. I've been asked to come on a top five podcast in the world. Top five. And they have like three million downloads of each show. And I told him, he's like, uh, I want you to dress up. You know, you know. Once you wear a shirt and tie and and a, and you can't wear a hat. I'm like, sorry, bro, can't do it. <laughs> He's like, what? You're turning me down? I'm like, uh, yeah, because I have a higher purpose. What happened was about five or six years ago when I just started getting into the self help space and to help people out. Me and my wife went to go see the movie American Sniper, and uh, with, with Chris and. Uh, and it, it got me so emotional that when I got home, I got in touch with Chris's wife. And I said, from now on, any show that I'm on, any podcast appearance, any, any public appearance that I make, I'm going to wear a hat in honor of your husband. Because your husband gave his life to help another soldier struggling with PTSD. So I'm going to tell, keep telling his story. But I'm also going to t- tell us that story because people don't realize if you're listening now, there's people like me, like Josh, that are willing to stand in the gap for you until you can get the help. We're here to take the bullets for you. And that's why I wear the hat just to tell the story and just to give a little context to let people know that you're not alone there's people like out like there like us that are there for you that if you're not weak if you're weak it will be the strength for you until you can get strong so that's why I do that in honor of Chris and uh, you know I talked to his wife and I, you know I said and I keep doing it and sometimes she'll comment on a post that I do just to know that you know I'm keeping her husband the the memory cuz sometimes memories fade and we forget and like I said, it's not just about Chris, but it's he gave his life helping another soldier struggling with PTSD. So there's a lot of people out there that are struggling, but there's a lot of people out there like us are doing what we're doing to help you. So that that's why that's the whole thing with a hat. So it doesn't matter I what hat. That's why I do it. Just to, you know, give a little context to let people know it's you're not alone. I love it. I think that's pretty cool.
1: You know, and it's an everyday, every man kind of thing, too. You know, I uh, I like to wear a hat. Most of the time, just I like to wear a hat if I didn't comb my hair. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I have a couple questions I like to ask all my guests, and I'll ask you these as well. Uh, if little Richard, and I don't mean the, you know, the goofy singer from the 60s.
2: Yeah,
1: not that guy. If, if little you... Uh, were to walk in the room and you could tell him anything, what would you tell him?
2: That's going to be okay. That um, your father may have left you when you were three months old, but you have a father in heaven that's never going to leave you. Everything's going to be, everything's going to work out. You're going to go through some problems, some troubles, some strife. but in the end, everything's going to work out.
1: I love it. I love it. And then the next question is this, what's the most important piece of advice and it can be multiple pieces if you want, but what's the most important advice that you have for the men that are listening today? Be humble
2: and be teachable. Uh, Cause I find, you know, as I get old, like the great poet and uh, actor Roddy Piper once said, you know, sometimes you think you have all the answers and then life changes the questions. And as I realize, as I get older, I have more, more questions than I do answers. But I think that to stay humble, you know, I, that's why I love that song by Tim McGraw, stay humble and kind. And I, and I think if a lot more people would, you know, be, a lot more gentlemen would be more humble and more teachable. I think, the world would be a much better place instead of everybody shouting at the rooftops. You know, some people, you know, there's a reason God gives you two ears and one mouth so you can listen twice as much as you hear. I talk, listen, listen twice as much as you talk. So I think those are to my top two top things are be humble and be kind and teachable.
1: I love it. That's excellent advice. So if any of our listeners are interested in finding out some more about you, Richard, what's the best way for them to get connected with you and the work that you're doing?
2: Well, they they can pick up my book. Um, It's called a hero's journey from darkness to light. It's on, uh, it's, it's on Amazon for 99 cents and all the money goes to help veterans that are struggling with PTSD. So I don't make any money. off of it. But uh, when I had that lunch with, with Gary Vaynerchuk, I said, Gary, I'm not leaving until you give me a piece of advice. He says, "Make yourself a hashtag." And I didn't know what he meant. He says, "Make it, make yourself a hashtag." So if any any public post you do, if you just put your your hashtag in the Comeback Coach, it'll come up on every social media that you ever do, and it's free. So if they just go to their toolbar, put in hashtag the Comeback Coach, it'll come up on everything that I do. So and it's free free, 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 free. There you go. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I definitely
1: appreciate uh, you. I appreciate your story. I appreciate you being real with us. And I hope that it helps the guys that are listening to ask themselves the hard questions to talk about, Hey, look, I don't want to be in this place anymore. It's time to make a change and to remember... it's okay. You can decide today to change. That's important. It's awesome.
2: And one more thing, just make sure that you, you join our group. Yes. That's one of the most important things you can do is just join the group and it's free. And if you have any questions about manlyhood, there's always somebody there to, willing to help out. So definitely join our group.
1: Awesome. That's the manly man cave if you're looking for that. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and when you're in there, check it out, Richard, every now and then will post a video
0: for us. He's got some good stuff. So, awesome thank you my friend i appreciate it very much richard shout out to you my brother you are doing excellent work at the vertical momentum podcast And I want to encourage all of our listeners to check out his work and to get connected with Richard. If you appreciate what you're hearing from us here at the Manlyhood Mancast, please share this video with somebody. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the episode on your podcast player, share, like, leave a comment and a review. Let's spread the word about what we're doing here at Manlyhood so that others can get plugged in as well. Listen, guys, I care about you and I love you. And I'll see you next time.